Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. BS Morning News with Hughes Rudd and Sally Quinn. Most members of Congress are gone from Washington now on vacation, but there's no rest yet for the weary members of the Senate Watergate Committee. For them, another day of hearings in the Senate caucus room, and Leslie Stahl is there now. President Nixon has also asked me to announce that he is today accepting the resignation of two of his closest friends and most trusted assistants in the White House, H.R. Haldeman and John Ehrlichman. Well, hello, hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey, What's up? doing good, aside from all the white stuff that's fallen outside today. <laughs> Hmm. What's Matt, that? What's your weather like? Where are you? Where, where you are? Oh, shut up! What white stuff are we talking about? <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, the what only white stuff about. you have, have are the sand on the beaches. Yes. Yeah, and our sand is staying right where it is. Yeah, it doesn't fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, gentlemen. As you heard, uh, and listeners, we are once again kicking off. Um, the new season of in 2022 with going back to each of our birth years. And if you don't know your U.S. history, that was just a little piece of a live news broadcast in April of 1973, which happens to be the month and year that I was born. Hey. Lots of crazy shit happened in 1973. No, new broadcast, talk about no, no news broadcast about that, though, unfortunately, about you being born. Right. No, yeah. there wasn't. Missed there should be, damn it. Yeah. Dare they? Don't they know who I am? Jesus. <laughs> so we're going to talk, of course, a little bit about the year in 1973 and set the toner. We're going to talk about some of the album releases and the bands that were hot and some of our favorites. But first... But first, our favorite topic to hate on, because it is that time of year, Matt, take it away. Oh, and that would be the nomination announcements for this year's class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame. <laughs> yes, that's what we're calling I love it. It, it is and definitely quite, the Hall of and Shame. quite the eclectic bunch of individuals and groups we have this year. As always. So I'm going to go down the list of official nominees. There are 17. Uh, and we'll talk and about will, the snubs. And then we'll get into the snubs. Perfect. Uh, and we um, we will sound off for, I'm sure, a good chunk of time on this. So the official nominees, A Tribe Called Quest, Beck, uh, Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Judas Priest, Fella Cootie, MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, and Dion Warwick. <sighs> Quite the group. Yes. Now, now, at least one of those groups in there I'm going to bring up later. I think it's important for me to start off by saying I love probably 97% of the names you just read off. But I mean, Dolly Parton, we are literally not worthy of her. Um, Dionne Warwick, incredible and important historical figure in music as well, for sure. Tribe Called Quest, 
but hands down my favorite hip hop group, hands down, Run DMC would be second. However, I don't believe any of those people that I just mentioned belong in the Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that is. Sorry. We've discussed this before. Can they please just fuck right off and get their shit together? It can be the American, whatever the fuck they want to call it, Hall of Fame, but it's not. These artists have nothing to do with rock and roll. Nothing. Dionne Warwick has nothing to do with rock and roll. You could literally cut this list in half and call it a day. For sure. Yeah, definitely worthy of a Hall of Fame of some type, but. Yes, all the the way. All the way. Uh, Don't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When Dionne Warwick gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before, hmm, I don't know, maybe, let's see, Iron Maiden, you got to just go and jump off a fucking bridge already. Before Rage Against the Machine, Mm. come on. Before and again, not on the ballot. Iron Maiden. No. Yep. Snubbed. 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 The Smiths. I mean, whatever you think of the Smiths, still, come on. It's bullshit. So you know who yeah. else was eligible this year that did not make it on their first try? Can okay. I say the name? Sound Soundgarden? No. It's a name that has been banned from the show, but I will say it anyway. Oh god, don't say Nickel- Nickelback. Nickelback. I mean, again, I would say Nickelback deserves to be in there before Dion Warwick. I Wait, can you run that back one more time? Back. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Nickelback. Well, they're in the right category the anyway. Yeah. That's because they're in the right category. I believe they have the influence because of album sales. This isn't the like, I've never said that I think. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like, how do you judge if the band's good or good enough or not? I think it should, it's supposed to be about the contribution, right, to um, rock music historically. Again, I don't, I, there's many other people that need to go into this Hall of Fame before bands like Nickelback even, right? Like I just said, mm-hmm. The Smiths or Soundgarden or... Um, Warren, what's his name? Warren Zebon, what's his name? Warren Zebon, Zebon, you know, Warren you know, who I'm talking Zebon. about. Yes, thank no, you. No, I don't. No, Werewolves of London, right? Am I wrong? I know the song, but I didn't know. This is where I wish we had a live show so I could have callers <laughs> call in. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you said callers, I thought you said collars, like shock collars, like you just hit no. a button and you say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I, I would yeah, love Warren that too. Zevon, 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 Zevon. Also, okay. Oasis. Hate, I hate their faces, I hate their music, but again, they should be there before Eminem. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, Eminem deserves to be in a Hall of Fame for sure because he is a historical figure in American rap, I guess we would call it. But yeah, anyway, so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame once again this year can go fuck itself. It's it's a joke. I think that I would really love to see the artists. The artists, it, again, like it's this is their industry and their culture. Speak up. Like, start boycotting that shit and be like, look, what is, what is this institution supposed to be? Have there ever been, has there been anybody in the music industry 
that has clout that has actually mentioned anything along those lines. Because I can't recall anybody actually stepping up no. and being no. like, what the fuck is this? Let's let's open something else, you know? No one wants to ruin their chances of getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, I think it's that, and Somebody I have, already, you know? I have a feeling it's um, it must be connected to it probably will fuck your career completely if I, I, it's like the mafia, I'm sure, you know? So I have a feeling the only people that can do that are ones that truly don't care. And have always said, go fuck yourself. Um, the sex pistols refuse their induction into the rock and roll hall of fame. I mean, not the greatest example, but there you go. Um, Hey, they're living up to their, uh, their reputation <laughs> or their whatever, because yep. you know, they've always yep. been, you know, F the system, you know? Yep um roger waters um he i think he didn't want to go i think i think it was because he didn't want to be in the room with the other guys but that wasn't about the actual um the actual you know institution of the rock right. and roll hall of fame but yeah i i just i don't think anyone's really said anything and i think that's um bullshit i don't know it makes me disappointed but again if it's like a career breaker then i get it you know that's how sure. institutions yep. go so yeah exactly mm. again again do we have any interesting uh rock or metal news oh really that much yeah <laughs> okay yeah, it's been kind of a quiet couple of weeks yeah. really i got a little bit of whiskey news or at least a shout out oh. maybe yeah, so we got quite that, a bit of whiskey news. Yeah, someone that, um, and if you're going to mention this sailor, I apologize, but I'm going to get out in front of you. Uh, someone that we are familiar with and we have worked with uh, at some level uh, just won a major icon of whiskey award, um, and that is uh, Mr. Philip Raleigh from 291 Whiskey, yeah! winning American Whiskey yeah. Brand Ambassador of the Year. He is now an icon of whiskey. I don't think there's anybody who deserves it better. Uh, the guy is a tour de force. Sure. Oh my God! Seriously, yes. And wasn't there also Philip. didn't uh, Richie Michaels also win? Yeah. Yep. So my uh, whiskey brother Richie Michaels from Uncle Nearest Whiskey, he won honorable mention. Um, and so both of these dudes, I was up against when I won Icon of Whiskey. And I mean, that's I think also why I was blown away that I won first but um it couldn't have happened to two better guys and philip is just he's i mean i thought i busted my ass Woo-wee, man <laughs> he puts us all to shame so that was very deserved 291 racked up a ton of awards again also really deserved um and then westland again racked up a bunch of awards Awesome. Um, so yeah, super excited for my friends in the industry. And then there was a huge announcement, um, for another few of our friends of the show. Um, so few spirits, our good buddy, Paul, let go and, um, Bren, Miss Allison Park and, um, Lisa Wicker, uh, widow Jane, they all, um, were bought out basically <laughs> by heaven hill and yeah. um it's really gonna it's, it's really a game changer depending on what your intention is with your brand and they've been um in partnership with samson and surrey for many years 
and um, along with several other brands, by the way. Um, and, you know, sometimes this is the right move and sometimes this is what's needed to continue to grow. Sometimes you can only get to a certain point in growth, especially having a distillery without a big backer behind you and someone with really large scale distribution. And that's what um, they are all going to receive now is that kind of support. You know, my hope is always based on a fear that, you know, the whoever, you know, buys out these brands as far as taking over distribution and things like that, you know, won't touch the brand itself. Typically, they don't because they, otherwise, why would they have wanted them unless it was like a competitor thing? Um, I think they know each of these brands does really well at be, at what they do. Um, so I'm just thrilled for all of them. It's just a really big deal and very, very well deserved. So congratulations to the Samson and Surrey team. Absolutely. Yes. Cheers to them. Yes. Fantabulous. Um, before we get into the discussion of the night, obviously I want to talk about what I'm drinking for my birth year. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of, um, albums that were released in 1973 with some big hits. And, um, here is one of them. question for you guys would you consider elton john rock and roll yes ed what do you think sorry i muted myself during that <laughs> uh yeah definitely i would can definitely consider him rock and roll not hard rock or metal for sure but mm -hmm. i would definitely put him in the rock and roll category of course agreed Agreed. All right. Just wanted to check there. Yep. Um, all right. So it's time to talk about whiskey. We need like a we need like a segment song for our whiskey segment. Like whiskey, whiskey, or whiskey. Fucking whiskey. Oh. <laughs> oh wait, that's our opening. Move it up to the that's viewers. Our opening. <laughs> somebody record something. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, all right. So I thought long and hard, this was a difficult decision. Like, what am I going to choose to drink for my birth year? Like, this is, this was really stressed me out. You guys, there's so many, it is a weighty decision. Yeah. Okay. You already did it. So, you know, so I was like, <laughs> do I, do I choose friends? Do I choose my favorite whiskey of all time? Which, you know, changes a lot. Do I choose, like, what the hell do I choose? Do I choose something that's in relation to where I was born? So I just stopped freaking out about it and just thought about, like, what, how did the show get started? Why did I want to create this podcast? And uh, it was a no-brainer. 
dun 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 uh, It's blackened. So uh, that is what I chose to go with. So a special whiskey for many, many reasons. Um, not only is it, you know, obviously Metallica's whiskey, um, and that was what started this show, but also um, the brand was uh, started with Dave Pickerel, who was very near and dear to my heart um, as master distiller. Um, but also it is my wedding whiskey right after Robin and I said, I do um, in the little chapel we were in right after the AA meeting, we all toasted with, <laughs> with some blackened whiskey. <laughs> and now we purchase a bottle on our anniversary every year. So yeah, that. that's, that's what awesome. I went to go with. Yeah. And I'm actually, I had, um, I had a little dram. Robin and I did a little toast and now I'm drinking a delicious hot toddy. And so it's the perfect mm. compliment to our discussion tonight. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I've actually still what are you guys drinking? got a bottle back there. Well, me, um, let's see. I, I was thinking about it. I wanted to, to uh, choose a whiskey that, well, number one, I, I, I like to try to put in uh, whiskeys that I haven't featured on the show before. And I also kind of wanted to pay homage to um, at least the era, if not the specific year of uh, the early 70s. And back in uh, popular culture in uh, 19, early 1970s, um, this 73 is pretty early. I really don't have too many memories of 73 <laughs> myself, but I do know that some of the popular uh, shows on the TV, this was kind of like in the waning years of the popularity of Westerns on television. <laughs> So thinking about that, I remember there was one, a couple, I know there was Bonanza on TV yep. and there was one called Gunsmoke. Then I'm thinking, wait a yeah, minute, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Um, so I've got a bottle. It, it's, it's really cool because it's got a couple of uh, six shooters on the front of the bottle. Smoke and wagon? it's called oh, yeah. Smoke Wagon. Yeah, I knew it. awesome <laughs> bottle stuff, from uh, Nevada Distilling Company. Um, mm -hmm. out of Las Vegas, and they actually are an MGP sourced whiskey. And um, their, their head honcho, Aaron Chutnik, is uh, a blender, a master blender, and he puts out some phenomenal whiskeys. And this one yes, just happens to does. be, I think, is probably their the top of the line. It's their uncut, unfiltered um, bottle, and it is just phenomenal so cheers to that yeah cheers to yeah. the old uh the old westerns and to aaron and smoke wagon that's what i'm drinking tonight i remember watching those with my grandfather and i it's funny because i came across one it had to have been online recently and if you go you got to do this you got to go and find one on youtube the lack of speaking i think maybe in a one hour like show or 45 minute whatever it is they speak for like five minutes total like <laughs> there's such a lack of dialogue but i find it so fascinating that people were still glued to the screen you know and um yeah my grandfather was just enamored being an immigrant a greek immigrant you know that was like oh the american wild west 
but and I just remember sitting and watching with him all the time and I can hear it like what the gunshot sounded like and when like a bullet would bounce off a rock like pew you know? <laughs> you know the funny thing is is i i found this out because you all you ever heard the term spaghetti western yeah 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 you know why it, yeah it got that yeah term spaghetti western actually a lot of these uh old westerns i guess maybe for budgetary reasons or something they're all filmed in italy yep. as opposed to the u.s out in the actual west <laughs> so that's what yep. it got called the spaghetti western hilarious <laughs> so funny <laughs> I always want I always wanted to be the lady. This is so funny. The lady behind the bar. The only reason is because there weren't a lot of women in these shows. First of all, um, usually if they were, they were damsels in this dress. But the lady behind the bar was always like sassy and tough and like, here, take your whiskey. Don't you be fighting in my tavern, you know, <laughs> but they had like the dresses on and the their hair done with the uh, feathers, like the can can yeah. dresses. But they yeah. were like, you know, they could beat the shit out of the patrons. <laughs> always never never ending drying the glass back there, you know, like yeah. always drying the glass. <laughs> of course they have always had the uh the drunk guy comic relief sitting at the end of the bar there to use. Of course. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's Those good choice. The... I like it. Love it. Those were some right. days kind of days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How what about you, Matt? Matt? Well, I tried to do the 1973 thing, and it was a little bit difficult. <laughs> I mean, you're a millionaire. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You type in 1973 in whiskey into Google, and yeah, you see a lot of large dollar figures. Yeah. <laughs> as far as events go, in so Hakushu, which is a Japanese distillery, obviously, it's the sister distillery to Yamazaki. Uh, they opened in 1973. I didn't have a Kushu. I have Yamazaki, but I want to do that. Uh, Glenn Farkless, which I know Sailor really enjoys. They yes. were the first ones to open a visitor center for the public in 1973. Oh. I didn't have Glenn Farkless. So, uh -huh. uh, and for American whiskey, it was not a good year because 1973, a little trivia, was the first year that vodka sales outpaced whiskey sales in the United States, 1973. So not a good year for American no. whiskey. I went uh, on a more somber note with another anniversary that just passed at the time of this recording, probably five days ago or so. Uh, and that was the passing of someone that we knew well, who guested on our show. Uh, and that was the uh, late, great Brett Scotch Trooper. So I am drinking... One of his favorite drams that we had discussed on the show and uh, that I knew he was always looking for and always a fan of. And that is the Glendronic 15 year revival, which I still have a little bit left here. So uh, last time I, I I've only drank it on the show when we've either been memorializing him or we've been talking with him. So uh, I am having that in honor of him tonight. Um, and it is a fantastic whiskey. Um, and I never, I don't want to stay on this, on the sad stuff, um, with him, but, uh, I want to read the tasting notes from master of malt. I don't usually read other tasting notes, but, um, yeah. these are fantastic tasting notes. And honestly, I get like a little hot under the collar reading this as this is so, these are so great. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> on the nose, coffee beans, sponge cake, drenched in sherry, mint leaf, slightly buttery, sultana. Mm. Ooh. On the palate, oily walnut, new leather, blackberry, apple crumble, 
toasted brown sugar, and a touch of licorice root. And on the Ooh. finish, fresh ginger, waxy orange, different than the Pedialyte, waxy orange, uh, <laughs> caramelized dry fruit, and a hint, just a hint, of cigar box. Well, not okay. cigars, but cigar box. Cigar box. Cigar box. Well, that would smell no different. No band-aids. I'm a, no band-aid. Yes. I'm impressed. No, no band-aids. No, this is a, this <laughs> no is a band-aids, classic, no burning tire. Classic Highland single malt finish from Pedro Jimenez yeah. and Oloroso yeah. Sherry Cast. So yeah. um, not an island. I thought those were great, great notes. And uh, cheers to our friend who yes. has been yes. for cheers. Year, cheers to Brett. Cheers yeah. to Trooper. Yep. It's important to get a colonoscopy um, every year. And they say, I, I will tell you from personal experience. And the only reason I'm talking about this is because I know he would want me to. Mm -hmm. um, I had a bad colonoscopy and um, I was not of the age, especially as a woman, where they tell you to start getting colonoscopies. And it's a good thing I got one. Um, I had some things removed and had a, some trouble later and had to have um, a minor surgery. And it's a good damn thing that I went and got in colonoscopy. And the reason I did is because my ex-husband's new wife um, found out she had colon cancer and she was in her mid thirties when she mm -hmm. got it and it almost killed her. I, I mean, I cannot believe she made it. That's how bad it was. And so she was just, she just begs everybody. And so I said, you know, I'm going to go do it. And I did. How crazy is that, that they found wow. something it just nuts, you know, and it was after I had had a terrible surgery and was recovering for many years. And um, so, yeah, I just had one recently. It sucks. The process, I, I won't lie, sucks balls, but it's one night of it sucking and then you get a nice nap <laughs> and you wake up and it's all yep. over. It's better than getting cancer. Um, so please get a routine colonoscopy and do it sooner than later. And if your insurance won't cover it, then lie and tell your doctor you're having all kinds of problems so you can get it seriously. Yes. Get them, and, please. And put yourself first and put your health first. Um, yes. For those hard, hard headed out there. And I'm, I've been one of them my entire life. Um, <laughs> him passing away uh, at the age he did with a similar family structure to what I have here changed my mind completely on that hmm. not losing my parents nothing like that but him passing away the circumstances and the similarities um change that so health first all the way um you know don't wait yeah not to mention it can make it can make for some um funny stories later on when you find out all the crazy <laughs> stuff you said coming out of uh yes oh yeah oh yeah the an general yeah. anesthesia <laughs> Also, the I, I came across, so the first time I got mine, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this on and like tell everybody about the process on Facebook. And I had, I had said like challenged all my friends to go get one too. Um, and so I had, a I was told, you know, you're going to be in the bathroom for a long time. So I had a, one of those tray tables and I had my laptop. And so I found it recently, my my Facebook posts where I was after two hours, I was like, all hope is gone. It's been nice knowing you all. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna make it. <laughs> but it was it's oh, yeah. you can laugh about it afterwards because you know yes. you're okay and you're like, look, it's just poop. You know, it happens to everybody, and it's you know, you can make jokes about it and laugh about it. 
but go do it. And I want to challenge all of our listeners. Even if just 10% of you go do it, that's, that's huge. So, all right, we'll stop there with the colonoscopies. All right. <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. Um, hey, that, that, it was a good PSA. So I, I, I think we should do it every year around this time. What do you think guys? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sounds good. And make, good make sure we've all had ours done. I've had my done, mine done. So I'm good. Um, how about before we get into talking about this crazy year that I was born <laughs> with crazy shit happening, we listen to a little music for a minute. And I think this song is perfect. Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, of course, that was Queen. And um, good advice. Again, yes, very, <laughs> very good advice. We'll talk a little bit about Queen, of course, um, in this episode. But let's start off with what was 1973 like? Other than the amazing event that I was born, what was going on in the world? So the average family income was $12,000, 12900 A new house cost around $32,000. The retail price for a gallon of gas on average was $0.39, cents, which was actually very high. There was an oil crisis um, that year. And the minimum wage was $1.60 per hour. <clears throat> Damn. Um, and in fashion, so 1973 was influenced by my favorite, the hippie look <laughs> with big hair, non-traditional clothing, and colorful patterns, bell-bottom pants, hip huggers, earth shoes, whatever the fuck that is, clogs, tie-dye shirts, and gypsy dresses were popular. If I can interject Literally something. The worst, Please. I found something that was hilarious. I was looking at one of those lists too. Like you're you're uh, going out about the cost of things. And it was so funny. One of the items on the list was men's paisley pants. <laughs> it's like it couldn't be just like men's pants. It was men's paisley pants. Because that was probably fancy as fuck, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you got to have your paisley pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> These clothes are literally like the worst. This is the I any other time in history for fashion. I hate this the most. So denim knits were the primary and knits were primary fabric. Crochet was very popular. Again, get out of here. Um, long hair, big hair, and afros were in style. Now, I should have had this ready to go, but um, I found a picture of my parents from right before I was born and then they did some professional photos when I must have been like only a few weeks old. The size of my dad's hair was really, really impressive. So imagine um, Chris Cornell 
they looked very much alike. It was crazy, especially in this one photo. But his hair even bigger, like huge, <laughs> but like out to the sides mostly. Oh my god! Yeah. And he was wearing purple corduroy bell bottoms. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So popular toys. So I had all all of these toys. So um, I want to hear, um, Ed, which of these you had. Okay. Um, I had, I, well, no, actually, I didn't have the baby alive. The baby alive was the most popular, the best-selling toy of the year. Um, it said, I have to go potty. It said, feed me. It said all kinds of crap. Um, I did not like baby and dolls. What pull so... strings? <laughs> I don't I probably it would have to be a pull string but yeah I didn't have that so I don't care about it um <laughs> the Aurora Penske AFX racing set oh yes yeah the <laughs> those were popular yep. for a long time yeah the racetracks oh yeah I had when remember when they had the ones where you could put it up on the wall you could yeah, put them up one, vertical flex track you could, you could yes go different ways <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i loved that um walkie talkie sets uh yep. were Had launched for kids set, this year me too the best and then hippity hops my favorite do you remember hippity hops were those like the the shoes the with big the ball no oh, these the were the balls the, okay the ball yes. that you sit on yep. and you like oh, hold yeah. on to the ears and you bounce because yep. you could bounce so freaking high oh, yeah. and get from one point to the other <laughs> so fast so of course yep. our favorite thing to do was to hippity hop right into the pool and then my mother would oh, scream yeah. at us my favorite it was brilliant though. Or, yeah whatever <laughs> and cracking our heads open you know the whole thing yeah. um the other popular toy was the View Master projector set. Mm-hmm. Totally had those. Um, I had the View Silly Master. Putty. I didn't have the projector, but I did have the View Master. <laughs> oh, it, the projector was so cool. Yeah. It was like the step up after the yep. regular View Master. I had both. Silly Putty was super popular oh, yes. in 1973. Yep. And you do the Sunday that funnies. Was still popular for even into the well, 80s. Into probably the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably it's early popular 90s. now. Kids. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Kids yeah. still play with it now. Okay. Well, yeah, geez. they still sell it. <laughs> Though you couldn't, um, it wouldn't be the same because you couldn't do it the thing with the comic books. The comic books anymore yes. were just the gloss stuff. Yeah. 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 Really yeah, yeah. To pick up the comics was so awesome. Pick up the ink and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And get gross. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite, my absolute favorite um, toy when I was little was the steel rocking horse frame, which was a 35 inch and her name was Cheyenne. Cheyenne looks and feels like real. Just stroke his coat and he's got a sturdy tubular steel base. Weird. One of those. Um, Me too. And I was obsessed with that thing. I broke the spring several times and my grandfather had to put it back with, which he did. He could put it back together um, and then the last time, I can't remember what my dude's name was, if it was a girl or a boy, I don't remember what its name was, but the last time I saw it is when I got locked in the basement by my cousins, mm-hmm. my older cousins, and I had was a little too big and old for it, so they had like stored it downstairs, and I'm sitting, and I have this famous clown story, which I won't go into, but if you've heard it before, this is the rocking horse I was sitting on. When I looked up and saw the clown on the top shelf that tried to kill me, 
So that's a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cheyenne, you son of a bitch. I know there's, I've got a picture somewhere of me on mine. It may actually have been from 1973 too. I have a picture too. We'll have to find this stuff and put it on Facebook and on Instagram. Newsflash. I don't Um, have one of those. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. I mean, they were quite dangerous. I, I, I mean, first of all, it was like steel and um, the springs were not covered. Well, the springs weren't covered. Ed, do you ever remember getting pinched on those springs? Uh, I don't think I ever did. Uh, I got pinched I on those fuckers a lot. <laughs> they didn't have any sheathing over them. No, it was not it was just the springs. It was, it was not safe. Um, and it would fall over a lot, too. I fell backwards many times. Wow, of course, you were pretty rowdy like, with yours. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a real, I thought it was supposed to be like a real horse. So I'm like bouncing on it. And then you try to go like me and you, I'd flip backwards. Try to get his rear up. So yeah, you, you didn't get the most out of it, Ed. Come on, man. I guess Exactly. Not. Come on, man. I, know I, know is, fine one, like, <laughs> I want to rear up again. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the other thing that would happen is as you were bouncing around, the head would I, smashed into my mouth. Into my mm-hmm. lip and split my lip once, because oh, I was like that, or I just too. you know, I I got a concussion and just it got blocked out of <laughs> my mouth. You mouth don't remember, Prob- <laughs> probably. Concussion's not really a thing in 1973 yet. <laughs> nope, nope. They'd be like, oh, go go take a nap, honey. You'll be fine. Just sleep <laughs> <Exactly>. it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're vomiting uncontrollably and your pupils are dilated. You're fine. <laughs> go take a nap. <laughs> Well, Go there, put some Bacura Chrome on it. Sports in high school, and that was you know yeah, right. early two thousands. It really wasn't even talked about then. Same. Yeah. Oh yeah, I never heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. All right, so we got some notable events to talk about, um, but we're gonna pause for a music break because I'm still like this cold that I have is lasting forever, you guys. So um, I have the sniffles and need to blow my nose, but I also um, I want to play this for you. All right, so you can't have a show called Metal Rock and Whiskey and be talking about the year 1973 without playing some Zeppelin and that album in specific, but we'll get there. First, I want to tell you a few things that happened in 1973. One, uh, since I grew up in New York, I thought this one was relevant. CBS sold the New York Yankees for $10 million to a 12-person syndicate led by George Steinbrenner. Syndicate. By the way, <laughs> that was <laughs> that, that was $3.2 million less than CBS had paid for them. Now, $10 million in 1973, damn. Uh-huh. A lot of money. Um, in, on January 20th, Richard Nixon was sworn in for a second term as president of the United States. Nixon is the only person to have been sworn in twice as president and vice president. 
And of course, about a year later, he will resign because Watergate is a thread throughout the entire year of 1973. A couple other really important things. One for me, uh, Roe versus Wade, the Supreme U.S. Supreme Court overturned state bans on abortion. Thank you very much. Um, George Foreman defeats Joe Frazier to win the heavyweight world boxing championship the year I was born. Um, at the 45th Academy Awards, once they bring you in, you can't get out. The Godfather wins Best Picture. You're welcome yeah. for that amazing impression. You're welcome. <laughs> Uncanny. Um, I thought you were playing a clip. I I I know. I it's 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 just a talent. I can't help that I'm so talented. Um the first handheld mobile phone call was made by Martin Cooper of Motorola in New York City in 1973. Uh all right. So let's talk about music now. So there, gosh, there was a lot, a lot to talk about 1973 in music. So I picked out um, just some things that I thought were a little bit more relevant for our categories. So um, obviously I played the clip. Elton John releases his most successful album, which was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Um, Elvis Presley's concert in Hawaii is the first worldwide telecast by an entertainer that's watched by more people than the Apollo moon landings. Big deal. Um, <clears throat> in my neighborhood, literally just blocks away, uh, Kiss plays its first concert for an audience fewer than 10 people in Queens, New York. <laughs> Too bad it didn't stay that way. Um <laughs> Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> um, Pink, Pink Floyd released my favorite Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, which goes on to be one of the best-selling albums of all time. One so, of my favorite rock albums of all time, that's for sure. Oh, my God, yes. We, we have said this several times, um, how important that album is to me. And uh, I think about... There's two albums that were released the year I was born, and I immediately think about my dad being like, oh, yeah, we got to go get that album, my mom rolling her eyes. Um, and that would have definitely <laughs> been one of them. Um, here's one that's hilarious. You guys, Paul McCartney was fined for $240 after pleading guilty to charges of growing marijuana outside of his Scottish farm. <laughs> well, that's a hefty fine there. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, here's another good one. Lou Reed was bitten on the buttocks by a fan during a concert in Buffalo, <laughs> New York. <laughs> Oh, How does that go into music history? <laughs> Someone bit him on his ass. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if the ass was the target, or like maybe he turned and tried to evade, and they just got whatever they could get. Makes you wonder. I mean, right? if if he turned to evade, thank God, because the other option would have been his <laughs> yeah. balls, and that would have been really bad. <laughs> that would have been a whole different <laughs> news article. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Um, May, so the month after I'm born, Led Zeppelin embarks on a tour of the U.S. 
during which they set the record for highest attendance record for a concert, which was 56,800 people. And it was in Tampa, of all places. Oh, man. Who knew? 56,000. How quaint. It's nothing. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, Bowie retired Ziggy Stardust in front of a shocked audience at the Hammersmith um, at the end of his British tour that year. <clears throat> and Queen, as we heard, released their debut album in July of 1973. Um. Genesis released their fifth studio album, Selling England by the Pound, one of their most critically acclaimed releases. Man, hard to believe Genesis has been around that long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their fifth album in 1973. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. I know. We tend to think of them so much from the 80s. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Long before. Um, the Who released Quadrophenia, uh, the, also one of their most critically acclaimed albums. And then, at the same time Kiss is playing for Nobody, um, brothers Malcolm and Angus Young perform under the name ACDC um, at a Sydney nightclub called Checkers, but Checkers, for their New Year's Eve party. So just because it was New Year's Eve, I guarantee there were more than 10 people there. So... You know, there you go. Fuck you, Gene Simmons. There you go. There you go. Um, There's a long list of albums released. So why don't we talk about some of the big releases? Um, Some of the ones that stood out to me. Oh, yeah. Sabbath, Buddy, Sabbath. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, God, there's a lot. How about the New York Dolls? Oh, yeah. Self-titled. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, Scorpions. Yeah, Aerosmith's. Hey, you didn't even mention uh, Aerosmith's debut album came out that yep. year. I was just about to. So their self-titled album. Yep. Um, Scorpions, Loathsome Crow, Uriah Heep, Sweet Freedom. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Alice Cooper's Billion Dollar Babies. Again, I forget that he's been around that long. I mean, I think he sucks, but whatever. Um, Houses of the Holy, ELO, of course. Yeah. Houses of the Holy. Yep. yep ELO definitely. Two, which I love. Um, Bowie's Aladdin Sane, and then there's one in particular that I want to mention just because my brother is named after this band <laughs> and my dad's favorite um beer. So there's a there's a legend in the family that my brother's named after my dad's favorite dog, which isn't true actually. <clears throat> well, it kind of is because the dog was named after this band. <laughs> So my brother's name is Cody Maximus. There was a beer called (laughs) Maximus Gold that was my dad's favorite beer. And there's a band called Commander Cody. Hmm. And um, that's the transit property, right? The dog's name after the band (laughs) and then your brother's name. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So my dad would always say, no, no, he was named after my favorite, this favorite awesome rock star. No, it's the dog. so the album Country Casanova was released the year that I was born. <laughs> and then ZZ Top's Tres Hombres. Yes. Which I was not going to open it. Open that motherfucker. No way. Not yet. 
I am trying to still trying to get a second one. So hang on. On that note, I give you this. I'm Like, God, I love that song. Such a great album. Great. So good. Um, and Matt, <clears throat> my decision is going to be if I can't find a second bottle, and I'm willing, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to, I'll pay a little extra on the secondary market for it so I can keep one. I will open it like next month. Or maybe I'll wait for my birthday and I'll open it on my birthday and then I'll tell you guys what it tastes like. There you go. What else do we got? We got uh, Sticks. I love Sticks. Um, Lou Reed's Berlin. And then Billy Joel's Piano Man. Yes. I mean, I had to mention it because, come on, Piano, Piano Man. Man. Captain Jack. Another good song from that album. Yep. Yep. Yeah, what Eagles do you guys Desperado. Got? Yeah, oh, Desperado. Yeah, my favorite. Came Eagle. out. He is, yeah, it was well, interesting. I never realized this. It was a, it makes sense now. It was a, it was like actually a concept album focused on the old West. Cause you look at the song titles on there, you know, of course yep. that's where yep. tequila sunrise is also on that album. Um, another couple of songs that really stand out to me from that year uh, that I absolutely love. One of them was um, the song radar love by golden earring. Oh yeah, yes. I love that song. And yep. also um, a Good song one. that many of some of our listeners may not know was not originally a quiet riot song but this was released as a non-album single by the the band called slade it was a very early uh glam glam rock band called come on feel the noise yeah and uh and the previous year they had released a song um or maybe it was the following year one of the two uh mama we're all crazy now which was also covered by quiet riot yeah so I mean, it's really so the- interesting to listen to that. And because I yeah. always thought that was, you know, that was, you know, the 80s hard rock and all that. Yeah. And yeah. it's not performed much differently in 1973 as a, than it was by yeah. Quiet Riot. I know. Yeah, true. We so have, there's. Uh, all right, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to say one thing. Yeah. So there's there's one album on here that so. When this song comes on, and I've been in bars, you know, for years and years and years, and if this song comes on, everybody has to sing it. So um, I just wanted to play this song and get your guys' opinion on this, because I don't know how you don't sing along to this song. Uh, So here we go. Child who had grown your eyes. 
song, like every time it comes on, I've been in bars where everybody's all of a sudden like, lady. Oh, so much fun. So that's a that's a good sing-along song. Yep. I love that album, though. I That's one of my favorite albums. What about you, Matt? Yeah, and I was going to just briefly mention, although it's, it's technically not, um, you know, rock or metal like we talk about here, but uh, we're in the heyday of what would come to be known as sort of the singer-songwriter uh, time oh, here. Yeah. And Jim Croce's last album would be released this year, and obviously he would die um, this year as well, being one of the um, music slash celebrity deaths, uh, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, just an overall feeling about this year. And it's so interesting. I love that we did 70 first and then obviously went to 73 because from the hard rock and metal aspect of it, you're starting to get more focus on what that genre is going to be. Uh, yeah. Because you're moving away from, and I listened to a few of the albums. I didn't. I, li I listened to more from seventy uh, than I did from seventy three. But you're starting the same bands too. So like Deep Purple, um, you know, a few others there, Sabbath, and you're starting to move away from sort of that uh, psychedelia, if you will, if that's even a word, uh, toward a more harder edge, sort of harder guitars, quicker, more complex arrangements. Um, and, you know, like a band like Budgie, even though they're a three-piece band, um, mm -hmm. they, have an, they release an album here. Uh, and you start sort of seeing that faster-paced, <clears throat> heavier riffs um, here as well. Um, although, you know, psychedelia or psychedelic rock is still prevalent. I mean, I mean, fuck, man. I mean, Dark Side of the Moon's released this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not yeah. one son of a bitch that picks up a guitar <laughs> girl guy after this. Uh, at, from March 1st, 1973 after that does not cite that album as being some kind of an influence, whether that be yes, sonically, agreed. musically, mm -hmm. um, lyrically. I mean, <laughs> it, everybody, yep. everybody yep. picks that album. Uh, it's on those lists. Um, and then, you know, just from a music standpoint in general, um, you have a lot of moving parts in this year. There's a lot of experimentation. Um some things are getting more focused, but other people are, are and groups are playing with other aspects of music, how far they can per push certain genres and certain, um, you know, categories and what, things that they can fuck with. And, you know, it, it's, it's just a fascinating year uh, because you're you're focusing, yet you're expanding. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way, yep. which, uh, yep. you know, will continue to happen in the, in the coming years after 73. You make a great point. It, it was we could see it in in Ed's birth year. You know, things were getting harder, and um, but yeah, there was a lot of weird shit though. I mean, the seventies were just fucking. They were just weird. <laughs> I mean, I talked about that before. Like, and I remember them being super weird, and I was a kid, you know. Um, but yeah, you can see the channeling starting to happen. There's a yeah. shift, and I mean, <clears throat> we should also say. You know, once again, the Vietnam War is a huge presence, you know, globally at this time. Um, and that, uh, you know, what's happening in the world politically and socially affects music. And you can kind of see, um, I think, the swell of how hard music is about to get happening now. And think about what's happening in the world, what's been happening in the world for the past couple of years, like what's going on. Um, and it, so it makes sense. I think that things started to get a lot harder like they did. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. Yep. 
Absolutely. And it's going to continue to evolve. Like I said, every year, I mean, if we went, I know if we went 74, 75, 76 and on, we're going to see that progression by year and year. I know we're going to oh, skip for a sure. few years when you do May, but, um, and it's going to be a completely different ball game, but um, you know, 70 to 73, you're not talking about a ton of time, but you're talking about, it's so different. So different. Oh, very, yeah. very different. Yeah. Well, I alluded this, talked about alluded to this earlier, but not only are you seeing the beginnings of, um, metal. You're also in that time period after 1970, between 1970 and 73, you're also seeing the beginnings of the glam rock yes. scene yeah. with the New York mm-hmm. Dolls. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, David Bowie contemporary that and also uh, Slade as well. Um, mm-hmm. And also uh, there's another band called Sweet. I think they came just a little bit after this, but around that same time too. Well, you've got, so let's flash forward three years to 1976, and you've got Judas Priest, Sad Wings of Destiny, right? You've got Frampton, you've got Boston, um, ACDC's High Voltage, and then Blondie as well. Um, But again, like, you know, Kiss Destroyer is out. Um, There's... Yeah, Rainbow. Um, yeah. Ra- at the Rising album is 1976. The Ramones, and then Rush. Rush is 2112. Mm. So yeah, look what happens in just three years after the year I'm born. Mm. Big shift, but going right in the direction um, that you were speaking about, Matt, for sure. Yep. So all right, let's just go um, around the room real quick before we wrap it up, and give me your favorite. Um, let's say album from 1973. If you have to choose just one, well, and, and to me, for me, it's a no-brainer. Dark Side of the Moon, hands down, all day, all day long. Yep. Matt, uh, Dark Side, definitely most important, but probably my favorite is Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, um, because I can't even collectively, I can't even say that dark side is my favorite pink floyd album of all oh, time so that's right I remember yeah 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 but i would have to say yeah definitely sabbath bloody sabbath um house of the holies i feel like that was start of sort of their the beginning of their sort of dip a little bit um so yeah sabbath bloody sabbath i i have a tough one um <clears throat> with this because they're it, it's like cross genres um you know i might say bowie's aladdin sane but i also might say sabbath bloody sabbath but i think i'm gonna have to end zz top straight song praise yeah but i'm gonna Mm -hmm. have to go with i'm gonna have to agree with ed um dark side of the moon was just a really important album to me as well it's it's definitely an album that got me interested in wanting to play music um it got me interested in trying to understand musicality, I think, and like the art, the kind of the artwork of music and in a weird way to describe it. But if you know what I mean, I think so. Yeah. For those reasons. And I just think it's just so Sabbath Bloody Sabbath is also a really important album as well for metal. So but yeah, I got to go with Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I mean, they blew the doors off of what everyone thought was possible on a record. Yep. I mean, they did, they didn't take baby steps. I mean, they dynamited that shit and they blew a giant gaping hole 
in you know what it meant to be a record you know to make a record with everything that they did on that yeah that's one of those albums very i could probably count on one hand that you really have to sit down i i mean i can listen to just bits and pieces out of them but really that album i like to sit down and just listen to it from beginning to end yeah that's music yeah. I mean, as it's the, like yeah that's music as the experience yes. as we like yes. to talk yes. about yeah. exactly that yes. yes the first album i think that was really did it that well yeah yeah it's interesting when <clears throat> beyonce's lemonade came out i didn't really understand what the hell people were freaking out about um <clears throat> then so finally I, I was like, okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go listen to it and I'll go. It's a concept, right? And so I was like, oh, that's why you guys have never, you guys really haven't had artists that did this where you're supposed to listen to it from beginning to end this way. And, you know, there was, there was a, you know, they get videos with it in a certain way. I mean, of course what she did, she took it to another level because she's Beyonce, but I, I found it really interesting and I was trying to explain to one of my younger friends like, oh, well, this. So so here's a bunch of concept albums I would love for you to go check out. You know, this is something that used to happen before when music wasn't digital. And so she comes back to me and she was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I'm like, yes, that's how we used to listen to music. I mean, it was supposed to take you on a journey. The arrangement, you know, was supposed to be. um part of the experience and then of course arrangements started being dictated by the record companies for you know singles and things like that but then you know thank god for the concept album um yes. yeah i love the intentionality of the order of the songs the progression of the the mood throughout yes. then the uh, or the overall theme whatever it is it's just yeah fantastic yeah. Totally definitely right. a lost art with the digital age of music now. yes Yes, yep. it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. There are still a couple of bands doing it out there, but yeah, they're definitely in the extreme minority. You know, honestly, the last, this is going to be way off the page here, but the last really great concept album I heard that was newer um, was a hip hop album. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know the actor Donald Glover, but he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. so he, he, you know, he raps too. Mm-hmm. under the name Childish Gambino. And he had an sure. album come out in 2013 called Because the Internet. Um, and that's a fucking great concept album if you're looking for something along those lines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got one for you too. If uh, I forget what year it was. I think it's, believe it would be new, actually newer than that one. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Black Veil Brides and they put out a concept album just a couple of years ago called um, The Retrodent wretched and divine, divine story yeah. of the wild ones mm. fantastic if you've never heard it it's it's worth a listen i've heard I, I, uh I in, mean, i've heard in the end on that but that's like the last song right too. yeah but i yeah, feel like that is a direction yeah if i'm a musician right now and i want to sell my music you know as you should be able to I, I feel like that's the direction to go. And I think people would be more likely to buy your music as opposed to just streaming it. You know, I mean, and I'm saying that from someone that doesn't, but I mean, I just, to me, streaming is just so convenient and one of the easiest ways for me to access all my music, but I would definitely 
be much more likely to purchase music for sure mm -hmm. if it's a concept album. If I know this entity was created in a specific way and this is going to be the experience of it. Absolutely. Well, there's just something lost with the digital age of music, though. Just that, you know, that relationship that you have with the music is different because you're not physically yes. going out and buying it and you're not the reading the art you know how yep. it feels in your hand you know reading about yep. it in the in the you know magazines and stuff like that and anticipating a release you know is different as well now i don't know yep. it's just you know they'll never feel that which is really sad you know this generation now it is sad and yeah. you know the good thing about what Neil Young did by removing his music from Spotify is it brought up that subject again and it needs to continue to happen because what artists make off of streaming versus off of an album sale is disgusting. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting that um, Spotify and, and other streaming services, I, iTunes, all of them are the same. They pay their artists complete shit. So apparently Bandcamp is where most artists want you to go um, for their music. But, you know, this is something that, that's got to change. And I think it's, it's got to be a mix of um, <clears throat> doing away with, with record companies, one, two, um, musicians putting a little more focus into what we were just talking about, you know, trying to make meaningful releases and concept albums and, you know, creating a, a whole experience. Um, and three, these streaming services need to pay better. They can. We know they can. The numbers are out there. They're public. It's not a fucking secret. Um, you know, if anybody should be getting rich off of music, it should be the artists, you know, not not all of these other um people that really don't contribute a whole lot yeah I mean, um, and even even touring even touring revenue uh and merchandise revenue um is not enough sometimes to just sustain unless you're a anymore. huge act yeah unless you're yep. a huge act that can get yep. um you know big publicity and, and endorsements and things of that nature you're fucked man you're oh fucked. yeah totally totally yep. sell your soul. yeah it's it's an interesting landscape now that some of the artists that i like um, you would think would be these millionaire superstars back in the day now are just like middle-class people really yep. when it comes yeah. down to it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's crazy. We should talk a little bit more about the subject of streaming and all of that since it's, it's so relevant right now. And there's been a lot of numbers put out there and a lot of bands have been speaking up and, um, like saying specifically here's what we made here's what we made last year for example from street from all the streaming services and here's what we would have made from album sales you know and here's mm -hmm. what they're making and here's what they could pay out though but don't yeah. so yeah so that all sucks um but that was the year of 1973 the year that i was born um and I was born uh, in a very small little town called Corsgold, California. It is the foothills of Yosemite. Um, the little hut that my parents were in. It's not really a hut. It's a little cabin. A the little tube. cabin that I know <laughs> wasn't that bad. The yeah. little cabin I was born in was still there in the mid-90s. My mom actually came out to visit me. I was living in San Francisco and she's 
she was like, I want to go, you know, drive because they left before I was a year old and went back to New York. She's like, I want to go drive to where you were born and see it. And, you know, we'll take your sister to Yosemite. So I can't make this shit up. We, she has a terrible memory. So we had to call my dad who was still with us at the time. And he remembers the address, of course, like right off the top of his head. So we pull up to it and I'm like, this is it. This is where you lived. Like, what the hell? And this very old man comes walking up and the mailboxes are all like in a bank at the front of it. And he get my mom gets out of the car and she's looking around. She's like, I can't believe it. It's still here. And it looks the same. And I'm like, yeah, okay. The man remembered her. He totally remembered her. Yeah. And I must have been. 25 at the time i think so it's 25 years later yeah totally crazy yep so uh yeah uh i'm gonna play y'all out with um our favorite uh dark side of the moon but before that ed and matt do your thing thank you for listening as always we hope you enjoyed it as much as we always do bring this content to you uh and we'd love to hear your feedback as always whether that's on instagram or facebook twitter wherever you can leave an opinion let us know uh obviously you can find us on instagram uh, where we post most of our uh snippets updates clips what have you that's at metal rock whiskey um if you're watching us on youtube right now uh you better have hit that bell somewhere down here so you can get all notifications when we upload new content because that bell is very important. You have to hit that bell as hard as you can so you can get all the notifications when we upload. Don't break your mouse. Yes, don't break your mouse. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Metal Whiskey. You can find us on Facebook. Ask to join our Facebook group, Metal Rock and Whiskey. And you can find me personally on Instagram, as you can see there. At the Whiskey Obsessor, I am on Twitter at Respect Pod as well, talking about professional wrestling. If you care, and, and your other show, yes, Wrestling with Respect. Uh, <laughs> new content coming soon. I feel like I say that every three or four months or so. We are busy people, but um, we have a pretty good foothold on the uh, Twitterverse at Respect Pod. So uh, come talk to us. Invite us on your show. Uh, we got a couple of shows that we're going to be guesting on coming up. Uh, so look out for that as well. Nice. Yes. Sailor. Oh, me. I Same. am Sailor Guevara. You can find me on the grams as Sailor Guevara. You can find me on Twitter as Sailor Retro. You can find me on the Facebook uh, as Sailor Guevara. And um, yeah, you can also go to American Whiskey Magazine. Um, the latest edition has just come out. I'm super proud of it. Um, really beautiful magazine. I'll tell you, I don't subscribe to a lot of physical magazines anymore, but, oh, thanks, Ed. There it is. There it is. Um, we, so we're doubling the amount of issues we release each year now. Um, it's such a beautiful, like the weight of the paper, the texture of the paper. And people commented this on it all the time because I thought I was crazy when I was first talking about it. The photos, they go to really great lengths to get beautiful imagery and beautiful photos. And everyone who writes for the magazine is just so talented. I'm so proud. Um, and I wrote an article about friends of the show, Erica and Amy from the TLE podcast. Um, 
and that's the lounge experience podcast. Um, and, uh, I wanted to talk about them and they were the first, uh, all female cigar podcast. And so there's an article about them. And then another friend of mine, Carolyn Seller, who is a, uh, spirits judge, um, and has put on one of the largest scotch, uh, whiskey events, um, in Seattle, and uh, her really interesting story, she's a zookeeper. So uh, her story, yeah, she's really, really interesting. It was fascinating um, hearing more about her story and, and telling her story. So, yeah, check out AmericanWhiskeyMag.com. And I think that's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can also uh, back up her claim about the quality of the publication, too. I mean, I mean great coffee table book right there so anyway uh yeah if you want to find me best place to do that is on instagram i am at urban geek and so um please if you love us or like us hopefully you love us we'll take a like too that's fine um please <laughs> like matt said hit that I'll subscribe find button. you <laughs> make sure you're following us and um join us next time for another episode of metal rock and whiskey and Where we Matt's will be birth year. Traveling back to Matt's birth year. Are we traveling 2001. back or traveling forward? <laughs> well, are you not born yet? Are you just like a figure <laughs> of our imagination? Or yep. 1973 now, so now we're going to 84. So, so yeah. yeah, we're going. Yeah. Well, well, that's going to, I'm, I don't know about you, Ed, but I'm super excited to talk about 1984. Oh, 84. Because I was, finally I a year I can remember. A good year. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. I can't wait. It's going to be fucking awesome. So, yeah. So, till next time, bye bye. Later, everyone. Later. Later.